Welcome to another Spotify exclusive of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. Here on this show, you know how we do it. We keep it 100% real. So just sit back, relax, enjoy the show, grab that favorite drink or snack, because this is Technically It Is Real. Welcome to another Spotify exclusive. My name is Tyrell Jackson. Welcome to the show. This is Technically It Is Real, and I have a special guest, Eugene, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How you doing? So go ahead and tell my audience a little bit about yourself and what brought you here, man. All right. So my name is Eugene Huggins. Uh, you can call me EJ Flex. <laughs> um, honestly, just started coming to uh, OMS, trying to uh, pursue, pursue a future in uh, sports talk radio. And uh, big time sports head, talk anything, uh, baseball, football, basketball. Uh, we can even talk about movies, TV shows, anime, you know, like, Talk about it all. <laughs> right, right, right. So let me ask you this, man. What you think about that game on Sunday against the Bron- uh, against the Patriots? I'm not surprised at all. Nah. What you think about the Patriots? Patriots. Whoo. Um, that was definitely a grudge match right there. Um, Josh McDaniels uh, ran up the score, and uh, he, he he took that, you know, not getting a job personal. Um, after uh, having an interview with the Browns, you heard reports about, you know, the talks that they had within the interview room, uh, talking to Deep Podesta and uh, the owners, Jimmy and D. And, you know, uh, basically from what was reported, he said that they needed to restructure everything in regards to uh, analytics and um, even, you know, the type of players that they pursue. And, you know, they chose Kevin Stefanski over him. <laughs> and uh, he came out with a game plan and – Hey, he showed out. <laughs> I, I sit back and say this about that because I think they were scared. I think they played a little scared because Josh McDaniels did want the full control of the team, mm-hmm. and they've done that twice, and it didn't work. So yeah. I don't blame them for that. I don't either. Um, I also will sit back and say this. The Patriots are back. They're back. I think it's been proven the last four weeks that they're back, but – I would sit back and say this. Mac Jones is the best quarterback to come out of this draft class so far. So far, yeah. So like, far. We're talking, what, nine games in? He's running that offense as good as you can run an offense. Uh, it reminds me of Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, early on in his career. Not like, you know, GOAT Brady, but we're talking about 2001, 02, 03 Brady. Yeah. Where took it, over for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, took over for Drew Bledsoe. Really didn't have a big, big name number one wide receiver, but he's just – controlling the offense, 200 yards here, two touchdowns here, whatever it may be. I think Mac Jones is running that offense to absolute perfection the last four weeks. Definitely. And th- that defense, man, especially led by Matt Judon, I mean, that defense is crazy right now. That was the Bill Belichick special. I mean, that's what he does year in and year out. Um, I feel like last year was kind of an anomaly for the Patriots mm-hmm. because they had so many guys just kind of like, you know, opt out. Right, it was like a transition period. It was yeah. a transition. They had all the opt-outs. They they were transitioning over from the Brady era. And, you know, like Cam was just that dude to come in and, like, help them out with that transition. Mm-hmm. And I think with Cam going there and then drafting Mac Jones, I think it's taking some pressure off of Mac Jones because he's not the immediate quarterback that has followed Tom Brady. He had a quarterback in between the two, you mm-hmm. know, in between him and Brady. Um but speaking of Cam, what what you think about that return, man? You know what? <laughs> that was Hollywood right there. Right, right. I'm back. <laughs> you can make a movie out of that. <laughs> I mean, that was that was beautiful. And you know what? I've always been a proponent of of Cam Newton. I've always liked the way he played. I've never got the criticism that he got mm-hmm. because he wasn't that dude out here like like you know, getting into trouble and everything. Like he'll brag sometimes, but he backed it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Everybody was like, oh, you know, he's a running quarterback. He's a running quarterback. I'm sorry, but he's throwing for 3,500 yards plus. Huh? That's yeah. not a running quarterback. That's that's a passing quarterback, yeah. you know. And he was just so dominant. Like, so before that shoulder injury, he was just so dominant. And yeah. I'm glad to see him get this opportunity with the Panthers again. Clearly, he's the best choice. He's better than about half of the quarterbacks in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you got a guy who's not that old. Like, people try to play him out as he's old. Like, he hasn't even been in the league for a full 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's 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 the crazy part about that. Like, Cam is back. The Patriots is back. I mean, dude, it's Cam. 
And another thing with Cam last year before he got COVID, like he was playing pretty yeah, well, dominating the field. Like what he, what he threw for like four hundred yards his first game or something like that. Yeah. Like he just like Cam is still that dude. I, he don't have that same zip to the ball as he used to because of that shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. But to sit back and say like Cam can't play for thirty one other teams. Like Cam, it, it took this long for Cam to get signed by another team, and it just so happened to be his former team. I think it's just like. Like, what are we thinking here as general managers? Like, you really think that David Mills is your best option at quarterback, Houston? Like, really? I think that's more of a Houston is trying to tank for top picks so that they can rebuild through the draft. Um, yeah, but then, that, but still. Do you still, do you look at that situation as, because technically Cam is a bridge quarterback? As of right now. He's As not, of right now, yes. So, you know, putting him in Houston, that's not a good fit, in my opinion. I mean, the only reason why I say Houston is because, you know, for, for weeks they were desperate for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cam might be in that stage now in his career that he is a bridge quarterback, but that does not mean that Cam cannot play at a high level. Yeah, for like, sure. That doesn't mean that. Like, you saw, like, nine plays, he, touched, he got two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And the touchdown pass he threw was nice. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like even last year before he got COVID, you know, and everything like that. Like he he could play, he can still play, and he's level. He's loved by his coaches. He's loved by his teammates. I mean, Bill Belichick think highly of him. Mm-hmm. Thinks very highly of him. Every time uh, Bill Belichick gets spoke uh, gets asked about Cam Newton, is is nothing but high regards and high respect. And for me. That speaks volumes. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest minds in the game. He's one of the most respected, revered men in the game. Mm-hmm. So for I agree. high praises that come from Bill Belichick, and for Bill Belichick on a consistent basis to sit back and say, hey, it was a pleasure to coach him. It was a pleasure to have him as my quarterback. I think that alone should have gotten some more job offer because it's Bill Belichick we're talking Yeah, about. and, you know, Bill is not a type of guy that's going to come up to the podium and BS you, you know? Right. He's going to be real with you. The man had a 10-minute answer to special teams. Yep. Yep. And just completely knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. So he he if, if it ain't a stupid question to him, he going to answer the question like everybody say Bill Belichick is oh, uh, he don't like the media. No, he just keep it short and simple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you ask him a legitimate question, he will answer that question. He has no problem dragging it out. Neither does his does his son, who looks and sounds like him. <laughs> I mean, Steve looks and sounds just like his just father. Just like him, man. Which spitting image. <laughs> spitting image, which begs me to question, because now I'm sitting here thinking about it. When Belichick retires, who takes over? I think it might be McDaniels. I honestly do. Do you think his son has a shot? Uh no. I feel like he's still got some time to go. Yeah, he does. He does. But like his son is like like, they got his son not as the official defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but his son is calling defensive plays. Yeah. So, it's like he he's a play caller on that defense, and that defense has gotten better and better. Yeah. So, now you have to sit here and think, like, okay, Josh McDaniels might be sticking around because, you know, he, he believes that he is the successor there in New England. Mm-hmm. But if Bill goes up to Rob and goes, hey, look, I, I think my son should get it. You don't think Kraft going to sit back and be like, all right, shoot, you got me six Super Bowls. Shit, he chose uh, Bill over Tom Brady in a, in a way. Man, yeah, yeah, I mean, he did. I mean, he did. He didn't tell Bill, hey, go sign Tom Brady, whatever it may be. He was like, okay, you feel like Tom Brady got to go? All right, Tom Brady got to go. So, yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. He um would definitely listen to Bill. I think the problem is, so I don't want to necessarily say a problem, but the thing is, like, his son is still kind of a little wet. You know, under Behind his feet. Ears. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's still yeah. a little fresh in the game. So he's got some time and he's got some years. Um, mm. The thing with McDaniels is I feel like some things were said behind closed doors that led to him giving up that job with the Colts. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't something just like, you know, we're going to pay you more money. I feel like he it's more a of a success. Exactly. I feel it was more like a succession thing, like mm-hmm. you're next in line type of deal. Yeah, because, like, Josh McDaniels was going to leave. He The Colts announced that he was coming there, and then at the last second he pulls out. Yep. So I think it is, like, some like – I think you're absolutely spot on with that, like 110% spot on. And in an ideal world, you would love for Bill Sun to take over. But right. – I mean, like Bill's son is going to be a head coach for sure, definitely. Like what 
they're doing with that defense, and that's just that's just Bill's identity, man. Like the Patriots, when you think of Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. he's defensive minded. Now, would you be surprised if if Steve got some head coaching offers at the end of this year? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I would be surprised if he took a head coaching job. Yeah. Um, because you know, Bill, being the intelligent person that he is, he's gonna get in his ear and be like, "Hey, you're not ready." You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like he's gonna allow his son to get fail. You yeah, know? to jump into the water when he ain't got no lifeguard. You yeah. know, I, I think if he feels like his son is ready, he'll tell his son. Yeah. First off. Yeah. And if you look at his son's progression in that organization, like, yes, he is Bill Belichick's son, but he's worked his way through the ranks just as much as any other assistant uh, would have. He went from doing the, the grabbing the film to doing all the little uh, work, like getting the coffee and stuff like that and just yeah. getting the low. And now he's in the position that he's in. He's worked his way up through the ranks. No favoritism, and which is a really good sign. It, it is because – like, Bill is Bill. Bill loves his son. There's no doubt about it. But Bill is not going to sit back and give his son an opportunity just because it's his son. He's going to tell his son, hey, you need to work for it. I mean, you got to remember, Bill Belichick's father was in the military. So you know that that military installment is going now to going now to his son. That's my phone going off. Um, <laughs> it's now going to his son. So it's like, yeah, now you sit back and be like, all right, well, you know, you got to work your way up. You got to work your way up through this. You can't just BS it and be like, yeah, I'm Bill Belichick's son. Give me a job. No, you going to work. So I think not only will he be in his ear about, you know, taking a job, he's going to be in his ear about which job to take. Yeah. Because if you sitting back and the New York Giants job is open and the Giants sit back and go, hey, Steve, we want you here. You don't think Bill Belichick be like, ah, don't go there. Nope. <laughs> you ain't got no quarterback. You ain't got no franchise running back. You know, regardless of – the talent Bar- Barkley's been injured the last two years, mm-hmm. so you really ain't got no franchise running back. You have nothing there. You have nothing there. Your their best defensive players out, and and Jabril Peppers. You you have nothing there in New York mm-hmm. on both teams, like the Giants and the Jets. The Jets. What are the Jets? Yeah, man, the Jets. Ugh. Like That's one situation. minute you you would think they're a Super Bowl contending team, and then the next day looking like the Detroit Lions of two thousand eight. You know what? Can we talk about Zach Wilson a little bit? Yeah. You think he should have been the number two pick? Yes. Really? Yes. See, with Wilson and Lawrence, I'm I'm not one of those people. One, I'm not one of those people that goes into immediate reaction. I do my best not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, especially when it comes to rookies and stuff like that, because they need time to develop. It's like, it's like you go to a new job, you're not about to sit there and perfect the job. Like, it's going to take you some time to understand the layout of the job. And then if you suck at the job after a while, you just suck at the job. You know what I'm saying? Um, They got time. Like, Wilson and Lawrence got time. Like, I think Wilson was, like, not the best fit for them, Mm -hmm. but he was the best option. So what about Wilson is better than Justin Fields, in your opinion? In in my opinion, not a lot. Like, I think they're equal, Mm -hmm. but I do think Wilson – Wilson had that that swagger about him that you need in New York. Like Justin Fields is kind of like you can just tell him on the side like he more laid back. He's low just kind of like low key. Mm-hmm. You need a Wilson that's gonna sit there and talk. That's gonna keep talking. That's gonna keep getting up and keep fighting. Like I'm not saying Justin Fields is not like that, but you need somebody to market behind. I think marketing definitely has something because you can market behind Wilson. You know, so I think marketing has something to do with it. But, like, as far as on-the-field play, like, they both have similar arms. They both have similar mobility. I think their decision-making is about the same. I just – and they're both in bad situations. Like, Justin Fields has Matt Nagy. Like, Matt Nagy's a good offensive coordinator, horrible coach. Matt Nagy's gone after this year. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Even, even if they made the playoffs? They ain't, they're not making the playoffs. You don't think they're making the playoffs? No, I don't no, think they're, 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 they're not making lucky the playoffs. They got lucky last year. Yeah. But, so, like, I think Justin Fields should have been the number two pick. Uh, Justin Fields, very accurate QB. Um, He's exciting. Very exciting. uh, Very explosive, athletic, very fast. Um, He's superior uh, mobile-wise compared to Wilson. Uh, Very strong arm. Uh, He can read the field. I think his problem now is going through progressions and uh, being able to read the defense. But I feel like he is going to be the best quarterback that came out of this draft overall. I feel like he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. I disagree. Really? 
I, if you, I, I, I honestly think the best quarterback that's going to come out of this class is Mac. Really? Like, he's, he's showing it right now. I think with Mac, he, he's showing it now. For sure. Um, with Mac, he's basically doing the exact same thing that he did with Alabama. And why is that? I mean, that's you know who just the head coaches that, in that's, Alabama, right? Yeah, that's his Nick style. Saban. Yeah, that's his style. And you know, and he, how close are Nick Saban and Bill Belichick? Very close. So Mac Jones, like, if you really think about it, like, out of all the quarterbacks that was drafted, you got Lance Wilson, Lawrence um, Fields in that first round. I'm not forgetting anybody else in my out of that first round. No, I don't think I am. I quarterback no. wise. He walked into the best situation. Like he walked into a situation where you go from one Bill Belichick at a collegiate level to now Bill Belichick. You walk into that. You walk into a similar offense. You walk into a way better offensive line. You walk into a way better organizational structure. Like that's the thing that Wilson, Lawrence, and Fields have to struggle against. That organizational structure is Garbo mm-hmm. at all levels of it. And people, I've talked to people that sit back and say, oh, well, it's not, it don't make a difference. It makes a huge difference. When that organization is trash, it makes a big difference. There is a reason why the Jets keep going through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, why the Jaguars keep going after quarterback. Chicago keeps going after quarterbacks. Cleveland, Cleveland goes after quarterbacks over and over again. Mm-hmm. There is a re- there is a organizational structure that needs to be done first before getting your franchise quarterback. Because being the franchise quarterback is like being the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Everything is your fault when it goes bad, and everything ain't up to your credit when everything goes good. You're the man of the house. So if your house ain't right, then how can you be the man of the house? I agree. I that's agree. that's exactly how I see it. Like I see Lawrence in a bad situation because I think Urban Meyer's gone. I think he's gone. Yeah. The the bad. I'm surprised he's. I'm surprised he's there now. He should have like, got hired. I feel like if they did not win that game in London, I think Urban Meyer would have came back to the stakes fired. I think that London game saved his career. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, I think he's gone. Nagy's gone. Mm-hmm. Robert Sala might be gone after, after one season? year. Really? Do you see? <laughs> do you see what is going on on that field? And it's not like they got. You know, some incompetent people. No. Woody Johnson's back. Woody Johnson ain't on Donald Trump's administration no more. Mm-hmm. Woody Johnson's back running that team. Woody Johnson, no matter how many times he don't learn his lesson, you know, <laughs> he don't like losing. And he damn sure don't like when the Jets get embarrassed time and time again. Let me let me read you some of the scores. <laughs> let me read you some of the scores that they, they lost to the Panthers against their former quarterback, 19-14. Darnold ripped them into a new one. They made Darnold look like Tom Brady. They lose to the Patriots 25-6. They get shut out by the Broncos 26 to nothing. They win a game against the Tennessee Titans. That's when they look like a Super Bowl team. They lose to the Falcons. How do you do that? They come off the bye and get blown out 54-13 to before the Mike White game happens. Then they proceed to lose 45-30, 40, 45-17. You got a defensive coach. Wasn't Robert Seller one of the highest-touted defensive coordinators? Yes, sir. For a head coach, wasn't we getting ripped on for hiring Stefanski over Robert Seller? Yes, sir. And yet, the defensive coach is allowing 25, 26, 27, 54, and two back-to-back 45 performances. <laughs> all right, so my question to you is, who do they have? They've lost all of their best they defensive do. players. They do. but uh, They lost Jamal Adams, Leonard Williams. That's they it. overpaid C.J. Mosley. Who they have and who fault is that? <laughs> that was not Robert Salas. That wasn't Robert Salas, but that's the problem that you inherit. Yeah. But you still got to perform with the team that you got. For sure. I'm sorry. And I said the same thing about Hugh Jackson. I don't care how bad the team is. You telling me you can only produce one win? Oh, at Jackson. some point, oh God, you're telling. Ugh. At some point, you have to stop blaming the players and put it on coaching because even though it's not household names, it's not the best names, and yes. Amongst their peers, there are better players than others and there are better teams than others or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But they are still what, at the end of the day, professional players. And you telling me that if you are the head coach, you telling me you can't coach them? You telling me you can – with a defense, a professional defense, 
you're allowing 45 points. You allow 45 points to the Buffalo Bills who are coming off of a six-point performance against the Jaguars. Yeah. Urban Meyer did a better job coaching against the Bills than Robert Sala. You don't think Robert Sala's job is on the line? So what does that say about Kevin Stefanski? What does that say? See, look, and that's another <laughs> thing, too, because we can go down that same rabbit hole, but the only difference between Sala and Stefanski, Stefanski's proven that he's a good head coach. Stefanski's proven that he can win here in Cleveland. I don't know what's going on this year because the thing is sometimes that defense looks excellent and then other times that defense looks like trash. Like one week they look like the 85 Bears and then the next week they look like the, you know, they look like the the Detroit Lions of 2008. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like but Stefanski's proven that he can win. Like we're still winning some games that we shouldn't win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's proven that he can win, he's proven that he can lead the team to the playoffs. He's proven all of that. Salah has not. And it's an embarrassment. It's on a bigger scale. And you have to think about those things. You got a general manager who wants to win. You got a head coach. You got an owner that wants to win. And an owner that gives out short leeches to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy and D are kind of taking the more patient approach. Mm-hmm. And they should. They should be. They should. But Stefanski is still in a good situation. Andrew Barry's still doing an excellent job. There is no doubt about it. Like, yet, should we be in a better position that we're in? Yes, absolutely. We should not be sitting here five and five. So we shouldn't. A little inside information. I read that Stefanski, his seat is not hot, but it might be lukewarm depending on how the rest of the season goes. That does not surprise me because do you see how the players are responding to him? Yeah. I don't think he's lost the locker room. Not yet. Not yet. He's on the verge, though. You can tell. We all can tell. But I think Stefanski is okay. Like, the problem I have with Stefanski is that he becomes a shell of his former self when he doesn't have Chubb yeah. or Hunt. Like, he, his gameplay is completely different. And then it doesn't help that he's just coming off this Odell thing where he was pressing to get Odell the ball mm-hmm. and everything like that. Like, the Browns has had a lot of issues, but we still got time to improve. We still got time to come back and win this division. Like, this division is not far away from us. Like, we still play Baltimore twice. We still play Cincinnati and Pittsburgh one more time. We're sitting at 5-5 five and five when Cincinnati is, what, 5-4 and four or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh just coming off of a tie. Baltimore just lost to Miami. We still got a shot. And I think people are losing sight of that because we can beat all of these. We can beat Baltimore twice. Yeah. We can beat Pittsburgh. We can beat Cincinnati. We've proven that we beat Cincinnati. We just whoop Cincinnati's behind. Yeah. So my thing is, like, it looks like we're still within range of, you know, competing, possibly winning the division, going to the playoffs. But I also say that looks can be deceiving. And uh, the problem is the consistency with the team. And the thing is, talent-wise, we have, on paper, the best team in the NFL. No doubt. But – the problem is the execution, the lack of adjustments, which I've been complaining about since last year about Joe Woods because Joe Woods is, let's be real, he's garbage. Now, does that fall on Stefanski or does that fall on De Podesta? Because Andrew Barry came on afterwards. Right. You know, it, it, it falls on it falls on Stefanski because Stefanski is in control of his staff. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Woods still has his job because, one, he's respected amongst the defensive players. Like, one of the reasons why Richard Sherman had thought about coming here was because of Joe Woods. Yeah. Now, obviously, he didn't come here, but he did think about it. He was like, yo, Cleveland's on my list. Like Joe, They got Joe Woods. I love Joe Woods. Yeah. Like, Joe Woods is respected. I think the problem with Joe Woods' defense is that soft zone. Yeah. He plays that soft zone against everybody. You can't Ooh. do that with everybody. But if you look at – the Minnesota game, if you look at the Chicago game, if you look at the Pittsburgh game, it shows what this defense can be. That's their potential. That's that- their potential. Like, the Minnesota game. I was nervous about that Minnesota game. Because really? you say what you say about Kirk Cousins, but you got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen's one of the better wide receivers in the red zone. So yeah. the fact that we was able to control him for, like, two catches or something like that, yeah, good. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chicago, that was – I don't think nobody expected that. Like, I, I thought Justin Fields was going to do decent. I didn't expect 
that type of performance. I didn't expect that either. To um, be honest. Pittsburgh, I was, Pittsburgh's I offense is up and down. But, yeah. like, the thing is, like, you got to realize, like, Pittsburgh is running the ball against everybody. Yeah. And they're averaging, like, over 100 yards over the last four games because that offense line has gotten so much better. Yeah. But the Browns held them to 91 yards. They they really held them to 15 points. If our offense would have executed, we win that game. Yeah. You know, like, Pittsburgh really couldn't move the ball against us. They just had more opportunities than us. And that's what cost us the game. I think Stefanski needs to step down as far as the play caller. I agree. And needs to have Alex Van Pelt make the play calling, you have a offensive coordinator for a reason. I think that's step one. Step two, Joe Woods need to reevaluate his situation with the defense. You need It needs to be a game-by-game game basis. If you look at how the Patriots do it, because the Patriots is the model. The Patriots is the standard. I don't care what anybody says. You can hate on the Patriots, whatever it may be. They are the standard. You look at how they do things. They have a base system to go around, but they change that system based on the opponent that they play. They really do on offense and defense, and they do it mid game too. Yeah, like that's the crazy part. Like, cause you see Belichick writing notes yeah. on his little notepad. Yeah, then he's telling them what's going on. I think that's need to happen. Like Stefanski still got some learning to do. Do I think Stefanski is gonna be a great coach in this league? Yes. Do I think he's gonna be a great coach for the Cleveland Browns? Yes. Do I think Baker Mayfield's the answer at quarterback? No. What? You don't think he's the answer? No. I I think okay. I, I've tried I've tried to hold on for this because <laughs> look, I got Stockholm syndrome. What well, what changed your mind? I got Well, let me let me say this. I okay. got Stockholm syndrome. Uh-huh. Because I've been watching this team since I was like 4 years old. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> You're you so got, I got Stockholm PTSD. syndrome. Yeah. PTSD. <laughs> I think Baker's the answer somewhere else. I don't think he's the answer here. I, I think the way this roster is built right now, this roster is built to win, not to sit back and rely on the running game. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with relying on the running game because you look at what Tennessee does. But if you look at what Tennessee is doing, is that they can run, they will punch you in the mouth with their run game, mm-hmm. but they have a quarterback that can get it to their receivers. Mm-hmm. Yes, our offense is all about timing. It's all about timing. But you got to get a quarterback that knows the timing as well. And I see Baker clutch too much. I see Baker getting nervous in the pocket. When that pocket is closing, he has room to move. Now, unless you're getting that pocket closed on the inside, you ain't got nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, that pocket closes on the outside. He has room to move, and he gets nervous. He gets happy feet. He's sitting there. Like, oh, oh, my God, what's going on? He gets, like, he gets panicked. You can just tell it by the way he moves. You can tell by his body language. Mm-hmm. Like, Baker was that guy that we needed to bring some swagger and energy back to this city, mm-hmm. and it worked. Now we're in a situation where we need to win a Super Bowl. Baker ain't the guy here. That's what I read. And I realized that this Sunday. Mm-hmm. I realized that against Cincinnati because, yes, he did play a good game. But he also didn't need to be asked to do much. When you need Baker to come into the clutch, where is he? And I and, and me, you talked off the microphone. I'm proud and of you. Remember, I'm proud of you. And remember when I was saying <laughs> that he can go toe to toe with some of the better players? He can, like statistically proven, he can. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. But then, when we need you to make a play, and you don't do nothing. Come on. Like, a veteran quarterback, a quarterback at his level. Like, you can consider him a veteran quarterback now. He's four years in. Like, four years in, you're about to be five years in, you're a veteran quarterback. They, the Kansas City game, they take the sack. Mm-hmm. They had, what, two times? I was like, they take the sack. They don't try to make a throw. I say, no, I just take the loss of Donalds. Yeah. It's better than taking the turnover and end the game. Yeah. Like, that's, that's my problem. Like, between him – not making the plays that we need in a time where we need them. And if you look at his peers, it don't it don't oh, man. look at Josh Allen. It breaks my heart. Look at Josh Allen. Talking about this. Look at Lamar Jackson. And you know Josh Allen was I wanted him. He he was my quarterback. Whatever Josh Allen is doing, that's what Baker need to go do. Yeah. Josh Allen go work with Jesse Palmer. Was it Jesse or Jordan Palmer? I think it was 
Jesse. I think it's Jesse Palmer. Jesse. They both played quarterback, but I can't remember if it was Jesse Palmer or, or if it was Carson's little brother. But I do know he works with one of the Palmers mm-hmm. every every offseason. Off season. Yeah. And Josh Allen's decision-making and accuracy has improved. Baker need to go do the same thing. Baker can And just- I'm not one of those people that's going – well, it's all because of those progressive commercials. Because nobody was saying nothing about them progressive commercials when we was winning. Mm-hmm. Everybody was laughing at them. I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them. But you you, you kind of need to go work on your game a little bit. I ain't saying stop the progressive commercial because if Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes can do it, Pat Mahomes throwing interceptions left and right. You know what I'm saying? We ain't say nothing about that. And they and he's better at the commercials than both of them. Like Those commercials suck. Yeah. The State Farm commercials suck. Yeah. But, like... Baker needs to go work on his game. I don't think he's the answer here. That's why I feel like this is starting to turn into a Drew Brees type situation with Baker mm-hmm. where he's good, he's serviceable, but we need to weigh our options. Mm-hmm. And when he goes somewhere else, he might thrive somewhere else, mm-hmm. and that's okay as long as we get the right answer. I've always been a proponent of you need to throw the ransom, the king's ransom at Seattle and need to go get Russell Wilson. Yep, I agree with you. And Russ, actually, I don't know if you know about this, but he was rumored to be coming here anyways back in 2018. Yeah. Uh, apparently, John Dorsey was trying to trade for Russ. Yeah. You know, I they mean, had Seattle conversations. Because Seattle, Seattle knows this. At the moment I trade Russ, my team is garbo. Yeah. But I would sit back. And if I'm Andrew Barry, I'd trade Baker. Which Seattle would take because, I mean, let's be real here. Seattle would take Baker. You offer him Njoku. That gives him a number one uh, tight end. Mm-hmm. You give him three first rounders and two seconds. I don't think. I don't think. Um, I don't think Seattle turns turns that down. I I agree with you. And see, that's my problem now. Is who is your number one wide receiver? In the system that we run, I don't think you need one. I just think you need a quarterback that's going to get the ball there in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. I think you need a quarterback that's going to get there because I think Peoples Jones is going to develop into that number one. They need to give Schwartz more playing time. Mm-hmm. We got three tight ends. We got Jarvis Landry. We got Higgins. Like, you, this system, you don't need it. In the West Coast offense, you really don't need it. Yeah. You just need wide receivers that run the routes, quarterback to get the ball there on time, and to catch the ball. While also running the ball, while also getting your running backs involved in the passing game, I think that's another problem that we got too. I don't think we get our running backs more involved in the passing game. I agree with like, you. And Nick Chubb, he can catch the ball out catch. of the backfield, but Felton. they just don't utilize him that right. way. Like you got Felton. Felton's an excellent scat back. Yeah. Third, third and three, third and four, put Felton in the backfield, block and release. But I Felton feel, can do that. I also feel like that's more of Baker. You know. Like, that falls on Baker. He's not running the scheme or the system the way that it should be ran. Right. He's too – Because everybody say he hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean – Because he's, he's still out there playing. Yeah, exactly. If he's too hurt, then he shouldn't be playing. Exactly. Like, Keenum, Keenum right now is the answer for now. Yeah. In a sense of, okay, we just need someone to be serviceable because Keenum had his best years under Stefanski. So, I think Keenum can be good enough to, like, start. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we ain't talking about answer, mm-hmm. you know. Like when you say that, people go, "Well, he ain't the answer for the future." Yeah, no crap, Sherlock. No, he's just like, here. He's just here, you know, to take over in the meantime, you know, right. to help us get to the playoffs, which I think we can with him mm-hmm. because he actually executes the offense. Right. I don't think we can with Baker right now, and I think the Browns do need to explore their options. Like they honestly need to explore their options. Like if they don't, they're going to be in serious trouble. And I think Stefanski is starting to realize that. And I think Andrew Barry's starting to realize that. Like they got to remember, they're not in a situation where they took this quarterback, so they got to ride and die with him. Exactly. In a situation of, they got to ride and die with this dude. This is not even our freaking problem. Mm-hmm. It's not even our problem. We can ride and die for this dude for it. Not... Please, <laughs> please send him packing. You know what I'm saying? But do I think the Browns need to go draft a rookie quarterback? No. 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 One of the quarterbacks in this class is not that strong. But even if they were, no. You need a veteran quarterback. That's why I've been a proponent. you got to get one of the three. got to get either Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, 
and wait for that legal situation to work out with Deshaun Watson. If that legal situation work out in favor of Deshaun Watson, you need to go get him. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And you know what? The funny thing about what you were saying in regards to what it would take to get a Russell Wilson is you know how many Browns fans will go crazy for trading three first-round picks in yeah. three seconds? Y'all fall too in love with these draft picks. Because we've been – program that way because we used to suck yeah yeah <laughs> like, like that's the thing you need to pull a you need to pull a los angeles rams yeah you have to you need to be less neat like i know andrew barry is like analytic per se but he's aggressive but like he's, a, he's a great he's a great 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 general manager he's the best general manager i've witnessed mm-hmm. and i think like with andrew barry he knows there's a reason why he hasn't paid Baker yet. He, exactly. There's a reason why. There's a reason why he's paying Chubb, he's paying Batonio, he's paying Teller. Because, dude, and I think he's, Baker got me. I think he's setting it up for that way because Russell Wilson comes over here. It's the best offensive line he's ever played behind. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. You say ever? Ever. Including his Super Bowl runs. Including his Super Bowl runs. Mm. Like, that's the thing Seattle's in danger of, though. Because, like, Seattle knows – like, we're better with Wilson, but Wilson's better without us. Exactly. And they know that. And Russ knows that. That's why he's like, well, I'm about the team. No, you know. You know, they, they just told you, uh, hush, boy. <laughs> they told you, hush. <laughs> but you know that you are better than what the Seattle Seahawks is producing on the field. And it's time for for everybody to just go their separate ways. Really, it's time for Seattle to just blow it up. Yeah, just blow it up. Like, they're not going to get another ring in this Thing that they're trying to do, like they're trying to add little pieces here and there, mm-hmm. but like they need to trade Russ, they need to trade DK, they need to fire their general manager and Pete Carroll, they need to just blow everything up and restart. You got your ring now, blow it up. Yeah, I, I don't see DK getting traded. Um, they're gonna try and hold on to those guys and they're still gonna try and compete even if they trade Russ. Yeah, you know, yeah. but that, that's why I'm saying, like, if they want to try to compete, Baker's the guy, yeah. Like like I said, Baker and Joku or or Bryant because Bryant's a young, talented tight end. Like I don't think you, I don't think they trade who. I want to keep Bryant. I want to keep Bryant. I, if it was really up to me, I would keep Bryant and Joku and yeah, trade Hooper. I agree, but I don't think they take Hooper. I think they'll take Joku. Yeah, yeah. So if they take Joku, they take Baker. They take three firsts in, a, in two seconds and throw in a third just to sweeten the pot a little bit. And just ask for like a future fourth round pick just to compensate a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair trade for everybody. Yeah. Seattle gets three first rounders to build a future off of, to rebuild the team the way they want to. They get two second rounders, which everybody undervalues second rounders. Second rounders is where you build your team. Exactly. First rounders is where you try to get the game changer superstar. Second and third is where you build your team. Exactly. Then you get Baker, who's going to be serviceable in that transition quarterback. And in return, we get the quarterback that we need to lead us to the Super Bowl. I think it'd be a win-win situation. That's definitely a win-win situation. It definitely is a win-win situation. Speaking of win-win situations, who do you think is the best or one of the best basketball players? We're going to switch transition over to basketball. Man. Like, if you had to make a top ten, who are you putting in that top ten? Uh, number one for me is Jordan. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Um, I'm sorry. I, I no, understand I everybody – you know, thinks LeBron is the greatest, but I, no. I disagree. No. Um, number two, and this is going to be controversial, but for me, Kobe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe. Okay, me and you on the same on the same wavelength so far. Um, after that, number three, I would say Magic. Mm, yeah, Magic. Magic was great. Uh, and I'm gonna stop at three. <laughs> so I, so I, I put I put Jordan in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Kobe in there for sure. One player that nobody talks about, and I think he deserves his due. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Big fundamental. Tim okay. Duncan. Yeah. Okay. Tim Tim Duncan. Like I know in no particular order, but yeah, Tim Duncan be in my top ten. Allen Iverson definitely in my top ten. Yeah. Definitely. AI. Man. Look, AI the only dude to cook Jordan. Yeah, I mean, he cooked them up like eggs and bacon mm-hmm. and drained a three in the process. Like, <laughs> like dude, like Allen Iverson was that dude, and he got blackballed out of the league yeah. because because of the way he is and, and him cooking up Jordan. I mean, dude, he the only dude to outsell Jordan yeah. in shoes. Yeah. The only dude. Ain't, no, ain't nobody come close to Jordan before AI came to the scene. 
he just cooked them up like that. AI is definitely slept on. Right. I mean, like, look, Jordan AI, they cool, but you know that every time you talk about that crossover, that little vein in Jordan's bald head get get, get the popping because he, <laughs> he, man, he embarrassed by that. Like, that that play is in every single sports compilation you could think of. Like, you just type in best sports moment, that play is in every single one. Yep. <laughs> in every single one. It's like, so I, it's like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I put AI there. I will put, um, I'll put Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas? I put Isaiah Thomas. Matter of fact, if someone came up to me and was like, yo, I think Isaiah Thomas is better than Michael Jordan, I wouldn't be mad at all. Really? You want to know why? Why? Because Jordan's not Jordan without without Isaiah Thomas. Like, he had, to, like, in order for Jordan to be Jordan, he had to go against Isaiah Thomas. He had to go through Isaiah Thomas. He had to train harder and change his whole mentality because Isaiah Thomas was whooping his ass every year. Bad boy so Pistons. If, if you sit back and go, man, IT, better than Jordan, I wouldn't be mad at all. Like, I'm not putting LeBron in my top ten. No. I'm not putting LeBron. Like, I used to put LeBron in my top ten. Then I realized, like, you know what? No. <laughs> like, no. The, like, the, you got Magic. You got Duncan. Yeah. You got Jordan, Coles, Iverson. You know what I'm saying? You got, like, hey, Listen, no, like, these guys, like, they know their situations weren't perfect, you know, at times. But they shut up. They trained. Mm-hmm. They played hard. And, you know, they led. Right. I mean, stop calling LeBron a leader. He's not, not. a leader. He's not. That's like calling Scottie Pippen a leader. Yeah. He's, he's Look at that. Did you see that crap from Scottie Pippen? I, I saw that. You saw that? I saw that. Now, here's my thing about that, man. Like, how do you talk down on a dude that, that has given you nothing but respect for you? <laughs> like, he calls he called Jordan selfish multiple times. Okay, so you wasn't in Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. Jordan didn't in Jordan in Jordan's Hall of Fame speech, where Jordan is supposed to be selfish, mm-hmm. where any player that's in a Hall of Fame speech is supposed to be selfish. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there and is advocating for you to get into the National Basketball Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and you're gonna call Jordan selfish. That's that's uh, he jealous. You, you need to worry about future being yeah. in your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know those, you know that rumor out there. Like, <laughs> she denied it, but uh, you need to worry about you know future coming up. I'm on that good cushion. I go all up in your bedroom. You you over there talking about some of the Chicago Bulls and Jordan? Like hey, ain't that your husband? She's like yeah, shut up. <laughs> you know, like Damn. like that's like dude, go go talk about future. Why are you talking about Michael Jordan? Oh man, like you talking about some Michael when that got those six rings without you? Yeah, one nobody never know that that answer. But we know that you can't get no rings without him. Exactly. We know that in 1994, the, the Bulls was your team. And who took over? Tony Kukic. <laughs> and you quit on your team. Yeah, he did. And he want to talk about some. I want to be remembered as the greatest player of all time. Boy. You tripping. You major tripping. When Michael Jordan had food poison, you couldn't even put up 20 points. <laughs> you couldn't even put up 20. You couldn't sit back and tell Phil, hey, yo, give me the ball. Don't don't put Jordan in. Give me the ball, Gary. I want the ball, Jordan. I want the ball for you. I want the ball. And you can even do that. You know you what? known for carrying that man off the court during that game. <laughs> Not on the court. Not on the court. <laughs> then you went to Houston, was lazy. Then you go to Portland. You're lazy there too. Yeah. Yeah. He's just jealous, really? man. Why? 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 Because he ain't no. Man. You should be content with, you know, I mean, look at everything you accomplished. Look at what you did. Quit looking over at Jordan. The only reason why you got on that dream team was because of Jordan. You got in over Dominique. You got in over IT. You got on the dream team over Dominique and IT. Yeah. Really? And you going to yeah. call Jordan and say, you don't think Jordan pulled that string? <laughs> You don't deserve to be on no dream team. They ain't, ain't nobody talking about Scottie Pippen dream team. Ain't nobody talking about that. You're Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Like, man. you had a good to great career. I give you that. But to sit back and disrespect Jordan the way he did, especially when that man don't do nothing but give you the highest honor and respect, and he sit back and say to himself, I wouldn't have these rings without Scottie. Mm-hmm. He say to himself, and your response is, Jordan's selfish. And the funny thing about it is, even though he's doing all that, you know what Jordan doing? 
He's like, exactly, smoking a cigar. <laughs> smoking a cigar, drinking some whiskey, and minding his own damn business. Swinging the golf club. Swinging, swinging golf club, betting $10 million to see if he's going to get a birdie on, on hole 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you sitting over there talking about some Michael Jordan selfish. Boys, your wife selfish letting future... <laughs> I, I I mean I mean since we want to get all personal here, since you want to call a man selfish and and say all these bad things about a guy who carried you to six rings, because when it was supposed to be your turn, you gave up on your team. Yeah, yeah. you gave up. Yeah, you gave up just like LeBron in 2011. Just gave up, but that was supposed to be his team, right? Shit. It was supposed to be his team, but you letting Jason Terry cook you. You let Jason Terry, and no disrespect to Jason Terry, but you let Jason Terry cook you? You let Jason Terry do this, do the jet celebration all over the court on your ass? <laughs> Boy, you ain't top 10. You ain't top 10. Jason Terry, Dirk Nowitzki. Man, that's why I was telling people, I'm like, who won against Jordan? When Jordan finally started winning rings, who won against Jordan? Man, they just, they were just unstoppable, Stockton man. Stockton ain't got no ring. Gary Payton had to wait till he joined the Miami Heat to get a ring. Yep. Clyde, what Clyde? Clyde got a ring, right? Clyde got a ring. Yeah, Clyde got a, got he got a few, right? Because mm-hmm. what he he won he won two in Houston. In Houston, yeah. And then I think he won one with the Blazers, right? No. Was he not on that '88 Blazers? I. '87, '88. I think that was '87, '88, right? Yeah, that was '87, '88. I don't remember. I don't remember if Clyde was on that team, but like Clyde. Mm-hmm. Had got his ring off of Michael Jordan being in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Olajuwon would would have got his rings because Jordan was in baseball. Then he came back into a games and got cooked up by Shaq. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But who Stockton ain't got no ring. Carmelone ain't got no ring. Mm-hmm. They ain't got no ring. Patrick Ewing ain't got no ring. Reggie Miller ain't got no ring. Mm-hmm. And you know what? John Starks ain't got no ring. Going to the Reggie Miller conversation. Reggie Miller should have a ring. I, I watched that that documentary. Just Reggie to just to relive, you know, the the malice at the palace, and yeah, yeah. man, that team was stacked. stacked, 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 and you see Stephen Jackson acting like he was a gangster. Yeah, I'm like come on, man. <laughs> Stephen Jackson, and Matt Barnes got to be two of the fakest dudes out there, man. I, I was fighting in that. No, you wasn't, boy. <laughs> boy, you acted like you was fighting. You was getting held back. You was like, oh, hold me back. Make it look like I'm fighting. I'm a Muslim today. Tomorrow I'll be atheist. You know. Like, <laughs> Like boy, you gonna go sit your fake ass down? <laughs> like, oh, like it's crazy. Like, dude, Ron like, Artest, Reggie Miller. I'm so glad Steven Ron got a, got a ring. Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine, man, that team was that team stacked. Was stacked. <laughs> that team was stacked, and they. It's just not fair, man. I, I feel not. for Reggie Miller because that was their year. No, it was. It they, was. A they year. were so dominant, man. It, it was. They. It was their year. Hell, the year before that was their year. They just got beat by the Pistons. They yeah. just got out beat. By the Pistons. I mean, nobody talks about how great those Pistons teams that was. That Pistons defense was crazy. Ooh, man, Ben crazy. Wallace. Ben Wallace, you was not going up in Ben Wallace's paint. You just was not doing it. Yeah. Like, Ben Wallace was that dude. Ben Wallace was like, Shaq, just what you think you're doing? Dominant. What you, what you think you're doing? <laughs> you ain't getting in this paint in my paint. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, you're not. And imagine how they drafted Carmelo Anthony. Right. Instead of relying on, ta- uh, what was it, Tayshaun Prince? No, 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 don't put Tayshaun Prince down like I mean, that's why they did. No, no, they drafted. Uh, um, they, no, 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 no. They drafted Darko Milicic. Yeah, instead, Darko. But, but it was because they believed in Tayshaun Prince. But think about it like this, too. Like, even if they drafted Carmelo, Carmelo would have been coming off the bench. Yeah, for sure. He would have been coming off the bench that year. Like, he would have been that perfect transition mm-hmm. when Tayshaun started getting older. Mm-hmm. But, like, he would have been coming off that bench the first few years. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what they were thinking, too. They were like, well, we can add another big dude. Because you got to remember at, at the time, too, like, they didn't have Rasheed. Like, Rasheed was still with with, with Portland. Mm-hmm. So, they probably thinking, like, let's, let's pair up Darko with, with – um, with Ben Wallace, get another big dude up in there, you know what I'm saying, and that'd be cool. Like we will win a team anyway, so we can we can take that time to train him and stuff like that. But you know, shoot, we gonna have him come up in it. Then they traded for Rasheed, and that was it. Yeah. Like Rasheed and Ben was perfect for each other. Yeah, like Rasheed was eating in Portland, couldn't, but he was really oh, eating man. in Detroit. Rasheed Wallace was such a dog. Dude, they energy couldn't match. stand him. Couldn't stand him because he they, was oh man, I but know, he was but a dog though. Like match. I loved his game. 
They energy matched yeah. so well. They had that same dogfight mentality. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful to see, man. Yeah, Rasheed used to kill us, man. And then, and then team used to whoop our ass. And then talk trash afterwards. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that I ball like, don't oh, lie. Shut up, <laughs> That ball don't lie. Whenever, nah, don't. whenever he made that guaranteed, it was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rasheed was that dude in his prime. He really was. Like, like yeah, but she was that dude. She was that dude. I, I tell you, I tell you one thing. I wish we would have saw though, and just go go back to the nineties thing real quick. Can you imagine what a Bulls Rockets series would have looked like? Oh man! Like New York took the Rockets seven. Yeah, and then Orlando didn't do nothing. Like can you imagine if we would have got the Bulls versus the Rockets? Who do you think would have won that? Do you think Elijah would have got a ring? I still say the Bulls win. Yeah, I still like if the they Bulls. play back to back. You think the Bulls win twice? I yeah, I think the Bulls win twice. Um, but I do think both series goes seven games. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I I, th- I think I think they split. I actually think they split. You think they split? I think they split. Like I think like like that that first year, I think the Bulls had their number, and then that second year did you know, like that Houston team was good. They had drags. They had Olajuwon. They had Kenny. Like people be making fun of Kenny, but Yo, Kenny was Kenny, a good yeah. was a good player. Kenny was a good player. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I I sit back and say they they would have won that second one, that first one. Yeah, Jordan would have probably cooked them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like Jordan wouldn't had wouldn't have been able to get inside with Elijah on there. Like he just yeah. wouldn't have, they wouldn't have happened. There's That's, no way in hell it would happen. But you think about this though. Well, let's say that did happen and Jordan was unable to get inside. That probably would have been a good thing for Jordan because yeah, then he, then just pull he up. yeah, and he starts working on his mm. outside shot more. He starts shooting more threes maybe. Yeah. That. LeBron ain't got that. Like LeBron just started doing that whole carrying move like he carried that ball like a motherfucker. <laughs> he really What did. they call it the crab dribble? Yeah, I'm like <laughs> that's a carry. That's a carry, dude. What it's you, okay. What? <laughs> they eliminated that though. <laughs> no, he, he just did it. What he just did that a few weeks ago. He did really? that. He did that. Uh, uh, I'm gonna hit that step back and ah, uh, like, dude, you just traveled four times over while doing that bull crap. <laughs> you just traveled four times over. Or even like the step What's wrong with the, you? The step back jumper by Harden or Doncic, like, <laughs> bro. That one with everybody be talking about with Harden, where he looked down at the dude. Yeah, I'm like that. Oh man, like he took his two steps. Ooh. He t- he like one he cooked dude. That was Wesley he took Johnson. His two, yeah, he 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 took his two steps right. He looked at him, and if you go back and look at it, dribble. He, he no, he didn't dribble he again. Didn't. He held the ball and took another two, <laughs> and then shot. I was like. <laughs> Travel, travel, travel. Like, what is wrong with you? Didn't he bounce the ball again, though, before he shot it? I think he did. He bounced the ball again. It's like, dude. It's like, dude. Like, really? Like, really? Like, at least James Harden got some moves, you know? But LeBron ain't. Like, LeBron's whole career is I'm going to blow past you and dunk the ball. Yeah. And now LeBron can't do that no more. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like, you know, and they like, oh, Father Tom is Father Tom finally catching LeBron. Father Tom caught up with LeBron back in 2017. I give LeBron credit though. He um is actually a consistent three point shooter now. I give him he credit. He ain't got no choice but to be. Yeah. You can't sit back and use your 250 pound frame to just blow past and bully everybody no more. Yeah. Guess what? You got players that is your same frame and is faster than you. Mm-hmm. You ain't doing it no more. And he should have, you know, developed the outside shot when he was with Cleveland. Like, why did it take you to, to when you went to, went to the Lakers to LeBron do this? LeBron James. LeBron. That's like, LeBron. and what? Because uh, ESPN was pumping up his head. Look at LeBron. Man. Look at LeBron. Look at LeBron. Oh, bro. Oh, Lord, bro. <laughs> and it's like, all right, dude. Like, okay, I get it. Playing for the cast. Like, LeBron always got a special place in my heart. We got a chip. Yeah, you know for what sure. I'm I appreciate him. I appreciate him. I appreciate him, him but come on now. And what Top he did. Yeah, I appreciate LeBron. What he did for uh, for Cleveland, what right. he did for the team, bringing us a championship, you know, coming back when he didn't have to. Like, right. I can understand the beef between him and Dan Gilbert, but, you know, I can appreciate all that stuff. But at the same time, like, all the drama and the crap that went on while he was here, totally unnecessary. Calling his team out, you know, talking yeah. about, you oh, know. I need more players. Yeah, like, come Bro, on, Bro, you got Kevin Love and, and Kyrie Irving. And, and you, got, you, you had the Kevin whole, Love. You had the whole squad from the previous year. Yeah, you wanted Kevin Love. That's who you wanted. The rumor was the draft night when yep. we were drafting Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins. You wanted Kevin Love. 
That's who you asked for. Well, it was shortly after the draft because he he signed here like a week after the draft. They were talking about a draft night, Kevin Love. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, they, yeah, they were. You right, you right. You know, so after that, it was speculation. Oh, can the Cavs get Kevin Love? Well, Wiggins didn't yeah. want to come here in the first place. Yeah, I mean Wiggins. Well, not nah, Wiggins wanted to be here, but yeah. he got frustrated with the the trade talks. Yeah, you know, already it, immediately. Yeah, he felt True. like you know his thing was I just want to be with a team that wants me. You know, stuff right. like that. So hey, he balling out right now for sure. And I thought him going to Golden State was the best thing for him mm-hmm. and his career because you go to a situation like that. You're not relied on. Yeah. You're not relied on. So and that's okay sometimes. And that's and that's and that's like that's okay sometimes, but just you gotta understand that about yourself. And sometimes the organization needs to understand that too. Like, okay, like he's a great player, but he not he not that dude. Yeah. Like yeah. I think Minnesota's gonna start realizing that about Cat. Like, they gonna realize like Cat ain't the dude. He ain't. You don't think he's a dude? No. One, they 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 can't build around him. Let's get that started. Yeah. And I think if he goes somewhere else, I don't I don't think he that dude. I think in another situation, a better situation, um, I think Cat can be that guy. Uh you just we'll see. where I mean, he's we used at to say right about, now. Like no. we used to say like where like where his numbers are and like the way he play. Like we used to say that about that about Demarcus. He's not the focal point though. Hell no! Like they're they're the the focal point right now is Anthony Edwards, right? So, like they're not running the offense through him, right? If but you look at Denver, they're running the offense through Jokic. Yeah, yeah. You give Cat a situation like that, and even in over here in Cleveland, look at what Mobley's doing. They're oh, low yeah. key running it the offense. That he's through. out for like two to four weeks. Yeah, it sucks. But like. He's a game changer, and mm-hmm. I feel like Cat is a game changer. But you gotta run the offense through him, and they I ran mean, the offense through him the first time around. I think that's why they're switching over because they like, all right, well, it didn't work. Well, he didn't really have any pieces with them either. I mean, you made a trade, so they, they tried to what when they had got Butler and Teague, and mm-hmm. and then they had Wiggins. Like they tried. I'll I, I give Minnesota that. Yeah, you know, but I, I don't I, like. I think if Cat go to another team, it's like it depends. It's like, it's like Anthony Davis all over. I'm sorry, but Anthony Davis not that dude. Like everybody be oh Anthony, Anthony. no, he not that dude. He he got all the skill sets to be that dude. Yeah, the averages that Anthony Davis is putting up, he need to be doubling that. That's how that's how much praise I got for him. Yeah, as far as his skill set, he not that dude mentally. He not tough. Mm-hmm. He he not gonna sit there and get bruised up. Mm-hmm. He gonna finesse and go ah oh you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like no dude, dominate like same way with Joel and B. Dominate dude. You got all the skill sets to be putting up thirty a game. Mm-hmm. You can pull up from the three. You can hit mid range. You got killer post moves and you could just finger roll that. I feel 30 points a game with Joel Embiid. He's shown flashes of being able to do that. I just think, you know, the fit with him and Ben Simmons just wasn't good. It just wasn't a good fit. Um, I mean, he showed it last year. You know, he was in conversation for being MVP. Right. But his problem has been injuries. He's been injured every single year. Same thing with Anthony Davis. Injuries. I mean, you're not going to be able to continue to develop. And you know, get better if you're you not on the court. Jared Johnson, you go talk. You know, Jared Johnson believe don't bleed in that that eating healthy stuff when you an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to go, and, and he might got a point because Chad ain't really wasn't injured all like that. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these dudes, they'd be like, "Yeah, I'm a full vegan." Then they'd be like, "No, nah, when you go vegan, you're more susceptible to getting hurt." Right. Like, look at Cam. He went vegan. Uh-huh. Look at what happened after that. Arian Foster, you remember him? Arian Foster is another. Arian Foster was a dog when he was on that field. Mm-hmm. Um, vegan. Well, was the defensive tackle that used to play for the Buccaneers? Ended up going to um, – he left, went to uh, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, you talking about uh, uh, he went to the Panthers and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, Jerry McCoy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another one. Went vegan. Sure, ain't his son about to be – ain't his son in college or something like that? Jerry McCoy? Yeah. I think he got a son that's in like, – like in college. Like, he had a son early. Really? I'm not sure. Because like, I remember remember there was a game uh, when he was playing for the Panthers – um, he couldn't make it to one of his son's high school games or something like that. So the Buccaneers players uh, went to the high school game in representation of him. Okay. I, think, I think it was like his son's like senior night or something like that. Okay. okay. Jeremy McCoy, like 33, 34 years old. Dang. Woo. Mm-hmm. Now is he a basketball player, football player? Um, He played football. Okay. 
So I I, I, gotta, I gotta look that one up. Uh, but you know, German court that, that PO game, Ooh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's it's so crazy because it's like, dude, <laughs> it's like, dude, eat some meat. Yeah, you yeah. want to go vegan and vegetarian? That's your choice, whatever it may be. But it's think not, as an athlete, it's not gonna help you. No, it's not. It's not gonna help you at all. Um, so let let me let me ask you this real quick. Um, just switching back. Well, I guess we have switched back over to football. Who do you think makes it out of the AFC? Man. Heck, who do you think plays in the Super Bowl? To be honest with you, on the NFC side, I got the Rams beating the Packers to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. And AFC is kind of a toss-up. So – I'm still a low-key believer in Tennessee because of Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah. I think he's an excellent coach. One hell of a coach. But then you also got New England with Bill Belichick. I think it's going to come down to coaching. Um, I kind of see like a little resurgence from uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not a believer in their defense. And when it comes to the playoffs, it's defense. Like you got to have a defense. So I'm low-key going to lean towards Bill Belichick as of right okay. now. Okay. Because of everything that they have in place, and like they're on fire, and they're capable of playing at this level consistently, um, they just gotta rely more on the running game and just allow Mac to do what he's doing. But I don't see them winning in the Super Bowl. Um, okay. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up right now. It's a it because of it's it's kind of like it's it's open for anybody. Yeah, it is. There's so no, I'm looking at the standings right now. So the season, if you're talking about the three wild card teams, season ended today. The Rams, Saints, and Panthers will make it into the playoffs on the NFC side, mm-hmm. with your division leaders being the Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, and Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, AFC side, Tennessee, Buffalo, Ravens, and Kansas City leads their division. Three teams making it from the wild card is Pittsburgh, New England, and Cincinnati. So if I'm going based off of if the season ended today, mm-hmm. coming out the NFC, I got Arizona. Arizona? I got Arizona. Not a Arizona had a bad game. Not a believer. Arizona had a bad game against Carolina. Uh-huh. But I think Arizona is the strongest team in the NFC. I think they're better than the Packers. I damn sure think they're better than the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They run into a problem with the Buccaneers. That's their problem. They get past Tampa, they're cool. Like I think any team that gets past Tampa, mm-hmm. if they can, I like them. I don't like see I Tampa. Like I don't see Tampa going back to the Super Bowl. I, look, one, Tampa always got a shot to go to the Super Bowl. They got a shot for sure. I don't see him going why? back. <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Brady. Thank you. You do not deny the guilt. You don't deny the coat. The goat. So, Tampa is like already like in there as the honorary mention mm-hmm. for me because you don't deny Tom Brady at all for sure. So if but, I'm not including Tampa, which you know, in the sense of let's say Tampa gets knocked out. I think Arizona is your second best bet. I think so. I don't think the Rams are good. They lost Robert Woods. Their offense is about – you're about to see a decline in their offense. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods is gone. Yeah. Like, and Cooper Cup is only one guy. So here's the thing. Um, they got a bye week coming up. Right. Let Odell learn the offense. And I think you're going to see – I don't think Odell going to do nothing. You don't think so? I think he's overrated. Really? I, I Oh, since, what, the last few weeks that we talked? Yeah. I don't think he's because overrated. Because guess what game I went back to go watch? What's that? Since the last time we talked. What's that? That was Green Bay versus New York Giants NFC Wild Card. Okay. And I saw the exact same thing from Odell. And it made me realize something. Odell been the same dude. What did you see in that game specifically? Odell running his own routes. Uh-huh. Eli getting him the ball. Odell not showing up dropping passes. Mm-hmm. And when you needed him the most, he dropped the ball. So you think he's and overrated? I th- oh, yeah. And I got caught up in the fool's goal mm-hmm. because they should have won that game. If you go back and watch that game, which you can find on YouTube, mm-hmm. go back and watch that game, you'll see that the Giants really should have beat the Packers. But they kept relying on Odell. Odell okay. lost in that game. So that's the problem. You can't rely on Odell. You can't. You can't make if him the focal point of your to offense. market Odell as a number one, mm-hmm. if everybody's going to market Odell as a number one, that means you need to rely on him when it comes to clutch. Every single number one you rely on in the clutch. Michael Irvin, Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Moss, Chris Carter was a number one at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's even go current. 
Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, um, uh, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. When you need it the most from your number one, you need him to run the perfect route and make the perfect make the perfect catch. Odell can't do that. And we have marketed Odell as number one for years. And Odell is not that dude. Talented, yes. Enough to be a number one? No. No. <laughs> and the moment they stop treating Odell as a number one wide receiver is when you start to see some things. Mm-hmm. Because there are some great wide receivers that weren't number ones where people thought they were number ones. You remember a guy named Alvin Harper? No, I don't remember. He was the guy that played on the opposite end of Michael Irvin. Okay. He was a dog. Mm-hmm. He got a big contract from Tampa because they believe he could be a number one. Like what uh, Pittsburgh did with Juju? With Juju. Great because of Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown was the number one. Mm-hmm. And they thought Juju could be the number one, and he's not. He's not. Sometimes you, it's fool's gold. And that's okay because we fall for it. And I think we fell for it with Odell. It showed in that Rams game because Odell just went out there and ran a random-ass route. Now, granted, it's his first game with L.A. I, I don't like to overreact. But Stafford put the ball there, and Odell dropped it and went whoop right into the hands of a defender. No, that was Higby. Was that Higby? That was Higby. No, that was, uh, no didn't he have one with uh, where, uh, to Odell, right? Not like that. Not so like that. Oh, okay. it was the deep. It was the deep ball that you're talking about. Oh, okay, okay. I mixed the two plays up. My bad. It was the vertical route. He uh, took that vertical route, but they had him double double covered, and the safety intercepted the ball. Okay, that that was wrong. That was the wrong play. My the one bad. you're talking so about. Is, you're, the one you're talking about is that third down play. It was a screen. Pe- it was a screen pass to uh, Tyler Higby. Okay, but yeah, it's I don't I don't I don't like the Rams. I think the Rams offense goes downhill. Okay. Um, my dark horse. Coming out the NFC would be Dallas, even though their vision leaders, they're my dark horse. Like, I don't think their defense is still strong. I'm a believer in Dallas. I like win. what they're doing. I like what they're doing on the offense, like, especially on the running game where nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. They're like the second best running team in the league. Um, I like what they're doing on offense. I still don't like what they're doing on defense. And don't, I don't count Atlanta. It's Atlanta. I don't <laughs> count them. Um, <laughs> as far as AFC goes, my favorite to come out of AFC it would be Tennessee. They're my favorites to come out of the AFC, especially if they don't rely on Ryan Tannehill too much. Yeah. And there's no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. My dark horse is definitely New England. Yeah. yeah. That's my dark horse. For sure. For sure, for sure. Because of coaching, man. That's important. It's coaching is that defense. It's it's Mac Jones running the perfect scheme. Yeah. It's everything with New England. Like, New England's back. Yeah. They're back. So, this has been yeah. another installment of Technically It Is Real. Thank you, Eugene, so much for joining the show. I appreciate the time that we, you know, had here. We ran it over for over an hour. Hey, thank you for having me. No problem. Hey, this is Tyro Jackson. Technically, it is real, and it has been real. This has been a Spotify exclusive. Have a great week. We will see you Saturday, 10 a.m. on North Coast Underground. This has been another edition of Technically It Is Real here on Spotify. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Thank you all for listening, and see you soon.